0: Hello and welcome to the PopBreak.com's official Oscars podcast, hosted by Marissa Carpico and Matt Taylor. Marissa Carpico, the film editor at ThePopBreak.com. I am here with my co-host, Matt Taylor. Say hello, Matt.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: And we are here for the uh, another individual category episode of the Way Too Early Oscar podcast. Um, we're doing both screenplay ca- categories this, this uh, today, I guess. Um, it is original and adapted screenplays. Um, we're going to start... Let's start with original. Uh, Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inishirin. Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert for Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner for The Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Ostlin for Triangle of Sadness. Um, you know, as as um, the number one fan of Banshees of and on this podcast, why don't you talk about it? Yeah, I mean, it's the sort of thing,
1: it's like a very well done screenplay. It's I mean, I am by no means a professional of, like, like a a big enough fan of McDonough's work to know, like, compare his plays to his screenplays or whatever, but in terms of, like, his films at the very least, which I've seen, you know, in Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, and Three Billboards, I think it is head and shoulders above those other three, and I like in Bruges a lot, but it's, like, it is the sort of thing where this just feels really... um mature for his, like, his style, more, uh, interesting and nuanced, more, um, uh, more interesting character development, funnier, but in a way that is, like, uh, a more sophisticated sense of humor, I think, than what we had with, like, an in and, um, and also just, like, very well written and compelling. Like, it's, I just think it's a good story, a well-done screenplay, uh, very you know it's 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 what we expect from him but I think it's his best work and um I'm curious what he does next basically going off of this sort of like career
0: high yeah it's interesting I I was prepping another episode uh recently and I was like huh is this his best work and it I think it by far is his best work um it it's like you know, I think there's been real issues or, like, I just didn't connect with a lot of his work prior to this, but this feels like the most coherent, interesting, um, uh, most pointed work in his career and, like, you know, I think in other years I would have argued with it. I don't remember if Three Billboards got a screenplay. It did, I believe. Um, It must have, yeah, I feel. I'm sure it did, yeah. But um, this one, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to argue with it. I I, am, like, uh, like, more than lukewarm, like, you know, maybe maybe just uh, under hot <laughs> for on this film. <laughs> but like, I, it's really good, you know? I think maybe if I had seen him without the knowledge of being like walking into it, just trusting him, maybe mm-hmm. I would have liked it a lot more. It's just hard to separate like years of being like, you know, bored <laughs> uh, <laughs> or angry <yeah. laughs> about this film. <laughs> His um,
1: reputation before it was sort of uh, like, like college dorm adjacent in my mind, uh-huh. like yeah, like I like in Bruges, but it is the sort of thing where it almost feels like a millennial pulp fiction poster in your dorm, basically. And totally. um, <laughs> um, and then Three Billboards was a movie that like was going for some sort of sophistication, but like failed in many ways. And uh, whether the Academy thought so or not, and yeah. then uh, this feels like what he was going for with Three Billboards, but like actually pulling it off. <laughs>
0: Yeah. No, that's such a, that's so funny that you say that because there is a sort of like dorm room, a male dorm room canon and that like, (laughs) that's one that's in it. But for like people who are a little more interesting, because the the basic canon is like Pulp Fiction, Godfather, Big Lebowski. But like, if you've got that one in there, which is in the extended canon, then it's like, okay, maybe I don't have to dismiss you completely. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to just skip around and do uh, Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner for the Fablemans. Um, I love that this was nominated. You know, I think we both argued that it was frankly nuts that the screenplay that, uh, you know, for Spielberg's last film, West Side Story, wasn't like the number one obvious winner, um, nor I don't think it was even nominated last year. So it's nice to see this happen because like, yeah, I mean, this is a wonderful screenplay. It's playful. It's smart. Um, it's so good about it. It's like character work and like allowing people to understand like character na- dynamics through, through a child's eyes, but like mo- just advanced enough that you get it, even if the kid is not getting it necessarily. Um, and nothing feels like overdone or too nostalgic, really. Like, I mean, I think it just feels very honest about Spielberg's own childhood and like the foibles of his own parents. Um, I'd, I'd be perfectly happy to see it win. Um, you know, it's just like a, it leaves me uh, feeling warm inside. Um, maybe there's one other that I'd rather win, but like I wouldn't hate this. Uh, you know, I think it's I think it's a very fine screenplay. How about you?
1: It's a great screenplay, and. Um yeah I think Tony Kushner and Spielberg do really great work together I mean like there's an argument he's like our best living playwright essentially and um like wrote maybe like Kushner obviously I'm talking about not serious work um like Kushner uh wrote maybe one of the most important plays of all time and that's true um, yeah
0: that's a good point
1: yeah so it's sort of thing where it's like of course he's a great writer it just like it makes sense and um I remember going in when when this was announced as Spielberg's next project, like, armed with the knowledge of, like, the Romas and the Belfast... Of the And I don't, that's not a diss towards Roma, just, like, I thought I knew what we were going... what I was going to go into. Like, it's like, okay, it's going to be his life. And we know Spielberg, and it's going to be kind of schwaalzy and, like, uh, you know, uh, sweet, nostalgic. It's so much more complicated than that, though. And, like, no disrespect to Spielberg... I just think Kushner like got that out of this work and I think he really helped it to become more nuanced, more sad and tragic and like real in its way while still finding these really fun moments like the David Lynch scene and things like that. So
0: yeah. Um, yeah That's think... a really great analysis actually. Cause I, I think you're totally right. Like Spielberg does lean schmaltzy and and clearly um, Kushner's cutting that and making it a, uh all of the things you said a little more a little, a little more incisive, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it's just it's good work. And um, you know, I would love for it for them to win, especially even as like a makeup Oscar for not winning for West Side Story, which was such an incredible
0: like it's literally
1: why we have the adapted screenplay kind of work in West Side Story. And um you know it's it's fine but you know we we love that movie and praise it so much where i like to we were we were on so the right side of history of us. exactly yes <laughs>
0: um okay how about you uh why don't you talk about everything everywhere all at once i think maybe like the coolest denomination of the group wouldn't you say
1: yeah it's the sort of thing where i was like i like i was talking with my boyfriend actually recently because he was a huge everything ever all at once and, and like, right. we both watched the SAGs together and we were so thrilled at how well that movie did on SAG night and now with the Oscars coming up, he's, like, more invested in this Oscar year than he had been in the previous years of our relationship because he actually, like, oh, like, the movie that I think would would Best Picture is actually the one that I like. And I was thinking about how back in April, when this movie came out, I was, like, well, this is a great movie, but there's no way it's ever getting an Oscar not anywhere close to Oscars. Maybe screenplay at like a nomination at best, because it is kind of like the most original screenplay of the bunch. But um, yeah, it's just a thrill that it's become this frontrunner. And, you know, it makes absolutely total sense that it got a best original screenplay nomination. It, you know, would be a well deserved win if it happened just for the sheer like creativity on display. To quote my mom's text message uh, review of the movie when she saw it, wow, period. What a mind to think of that, period. So I just think, you know, it's a very original <laughs> screenplay. Like it,
0: the, the nomination makes sense. Yeah, wow. I mean, a, a, a glowing review. They could put that on the poster. <laughs> they
1: could, um, they could.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I mean, I, th- I think that's very true. It's probably the most original screenplay. And, like, you know... The, like, they've talked about the craft of it in some ways of, like, thinking, like, okay, who, who am I writing this for? Michelle Yeoh. And how can I play to every strength I've ever seen her have? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, it's it's really great. And, and, like, even if you take out sort of, like, mind-bending uh, stuff of it, it is also just a very good family drama. Like, the emotional stakes of it basically, like, um, you know, Devastated every Asian woman I know with an Asian mom. Do you know what I mean? So it's like I, I think I think it gets it so right, like that mother daughter relationship, in a way that like I don't know I don't always see outside of like women writers. So it's just really good. I, I think it's a, I, I'd be I'd be so thrilled if it won. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, I it's it's great that they got that nomination, and yeah, like it is crazy to track. Especially you could re- very easily do it because we didn't do a ton of episodes this season, this whole year, but like you could track from our, our talking about it early on the way that the Oscar campaign slash like narrative of everything everywhere all at once has changed so much from when it first came out because it just, it just seemed like the thing it wouldn't get um, much attention. It's wonderful that they love it as much as they do. Yeah. Um, Uh, I'll talk about Todd Field for Tar. I mean, if you've listened to any of the episodes at this point, you kind of know my issues with this film. But like, you know, I really like every time I think about it, I just really wish that epilogue wasn't there because I think the movie is literally perfect before that happens. Literally perfect. If you just took it out, it would be the best film of the year, hands down, you know? And I, I like the screenplay a lot. It's so good. It's so perfectly calibrated until that last like 20 minutes. And I just like, it drives me nuts that it, it like, you know, whiffed it that hard. Um, I, But I, that said, I still wouldn't be angry if this won because it's really, really good. I just wish it were like perfect Um, because that, that lack of perfection is really what like keeps us from being a, you know, an all-timer film for me. Uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. I mean, we've said this before in our various episodes Tar is one of the best made movies of the year. And um, just really, everything working together really impeccably. And the screenplay is, I think, really good. I have talked about this before in previous seasons of this show. I tend to try to think when comparing, like, screenplay and director, like, which um, films are, like... Do the, does the directing stand out much more in the screenplay? And in this case, I do think the director is, like, the direction is the really strong suit in this case. So I'm I'm more, I lean more towards, like, well, I don't want it to win because I think it would be a better director win than a screenplay win. And I'd rather this like, it's split in a way where a, a strong screenplay could stand out. But I wouldn't hate it. It would be a good win. Um, it would be, you know... It is it, a good screenplay. So it's the sort of thing where, like, t- t- is one that I would like to see again, and I, I kind of plan on watching it in the near future, probably before the Oscars. Um, I probably should have before we started recording these episodes, because it's one that, that, like, I wish I responded to more. Like, I liked mm-hmm. it a lot in the theater, and then it came out, like, in October, I believe, or in November, and I just, like, didn't, once I started seeing more and more of the big contenders this year, it just didn't sit with me in the way that like like it didn't stick with me, I guess I should say, in the way that like some of the other films like the Fablemans and um you know Triangle of Sadness, we'll talk about in a few minutes, uh, um as much as those did. And I'm just like, I like I'm like, I feel like I should have liked Tara more. And yeah. I would like to give it another try because it just seems like so totally up my alley. But yeah, in terms of this lineup of screenplays. I am, like, it's probably my least favorite of the five screenplays, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I, I really, I do think the reason it doesn't have the sticking power and the, like, excitement for me is 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 because of the failings of the screenplay. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that last scene, I just, if you could just edit it out, If if I could, like, live in a world where I could just be, like, cut that off and it never existed, I think it would be, like, <laughs> one of the top five films I've ever seen in my life, you know, but it's just... <laughs> It, it leaves you with the wrong note because it it the film is so sure of itself all the way through and then all of a sudden it's adrift and you're like where are you taking me and the answer to where it's taking me is not that satisfying in my opinion mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah i think it's a you know the unfortunately the major failing of the the film is its screenplay um yeah reuben austin for triangle of sadness i i like this a lot um i like this movie a lot actually uh I do think, like, the last third of it is what is really, you know, I think this is a testament to, like, the way you're, the ideas you're left with are the things that you're going to think about with the movie. I think the first two acts are kind of similar or whatever, like, you know, the this middle section especially. It's just a lot of fluids. And, like, after a while, it's like, okay, I, I got it, you know? Um, and mm-hmm. that was the stuff they showed in the trailer so much. So I was, like, almost bored during that part. But the third act is so surprising and so smart that I was just like, God damn, you know, I love this. This is so good. And like, (laughs) I think it's important. The impression that a film leaves you with, because if it had just been that middle section stuff, I certainly wouldn't have liked that movie as much. Like say if it were just the first two acts, like in a film who I wouldn't care, but it's the third act that, that like nails it and makes the movie so interesting. Like, I do think and we've talked about this uh, maybe maybe only um, maybe on online only and not on on mic yet but like I think we've reached peak um eat the rich movie mm. and like this is going to be the last eat the rich movie that's good. Everything else so far has been bad. We've already gotten one and it's such shit. Um so yeah, I just don't think like I think this is probably the definitive work and then now we can Find other ways to talk about capitalism, late stage capitalism. Let's say, uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, there's a reason Succession announced this is in the year. They were like, Woo! the time, the time has passed. They're like, we, like, we, we, we brought too much evil into the world with, with making these uh, eat the rich narratives popular. And um, I can't wait for season four Succession, everybody. That just to be very clear. Um, but no, Triangle of Sadness. Um, I. Uh, yeah, I think it's brilliantly written. I think, um, you know, we talked about this before, I believe. We saw that fucking trailer so many times. And I was like, "I was like, okay, we're going to see another movie about rich people being dumb and, like, it'll be funny, but whatever. And then it, that third act is so brilliantly written. And I think so smart in the way it subverts the message where it becomes not about like eat the rich but about like destroy capitalism essentially like capitalism just brings evil no matter no matter who's on like no matter who the rich person is basically and um i think it's a really smart really well done third act that fully elevates the whole film but on top of that it just has some really well constructed jokes it is very funny like very clever it takes its time
0: yeah. Well, and, and it builds on stuff. Yeah. I mean, the way that uh, jokes that are established in the opening scenes are delivered upon in that third act is so smart.
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's really well done. And I think, yeah, I agree. It's like the movie you mentioned sucking, I assume is infinity pool. Like oh it's a hundred percent
0: infinity pool, yeah. yeah. On the site.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's the sort of thing where it's like with that movie, I remember being like Like spoiler alert for Infinity (laughs) Pool, like the last (laughs) scene is like, you know, we just watched Mia Goth and all these other rich girlies like commit like horrible acts of violence and evil. And then they go back to the real world and just talking about like their day-to-day lives. And it's like, isn't that so shocking? And it's like, this is so stupid. Like it's like, mm. like the, the the thesis is just rich people be bad.
0: And like and they can get away with stuff. Yeah. It's yeah, very and romantic. this is
1: so much more complicated and mm-hmm. uh, well done. And I just think like, yeah, it we reached the end. we have parasite, this, and succession. We don't need any more. It's time to stop. Like
0: the definitive works are done. No more entry yeah. into the canon. We're we're cutting it off. are the doors are closed yeah exactly (laughs) um okay so uh i have a couple alternates uh i'll throw one out um i think fire island was so good and joel kim booster writing that in a way to like give a all of his very very funny comedian friends the perfect roles for their um brands of comedy and also doing um like a low-key pride and prejudice adaptation is just it was elite. It was so good. It was like, you know, we love rom-coms on every platform that you and I are allowed to speak on. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. Say that And like, that was like a perfect rom-com. I loved it so much. I, I like want to buy it on Blu-ray. I'm sure it doesn't exist because it's a Hulu thing, but like, I don't know. It was just so wonderful. And like, I don't, challenging actually. Like there were moments when I was like, God, I cannot believe I, I get to live in a world where like, This kind of like very specific queer comedy is just available to me, you know, like Mm. recorded somewhere, not just like, I don't know, in a club or something like done in person. I I was thrilled by it. Um, Yeah, I just I don't know. That's a movie that like, you know, we're getting we're winding down on these episodes and recording. Um, And it's like at this point, I have to think, like, what are the movies that are going to stick with me for me with me from from this year? And like, certainly that is one of them. Um, you have mm-hmm. a couple goods, I assume. I only
1: have one actually. I didn't make the mm-hmm. make the Academy's noms, but um, uh, "Turning Red" is my is my fifth mm-hmm. nomination, which I just think is such a good screenplay. It is. We talked about this in our animated episode, but it's like the way that movie uh, deals with complicated themes and like mature themes, but does it in a way that is totally accessible to kids and talks about tough subject matter without talking down to anybody is so good. And then also, it's just really, really funny. And I think that's a really crucial thing. Uh, I cannot remember, you know, prior to this, or, you know, 2022, the last time Pixar got a really good laugh out of me, basically, and this movie had multiple. So I I love the screenplay. I think, uh, you know, I wish this movie got more, obviously it's nominated, so it's like, whatever, like it did well. But, like, I feel like we shouldn't be talking much more about that movie than yeah. we actually did.
0: <laughs> you know, it's an interesting point, because if it had been released early, I'm sorry, later in the year and uh, on in theaters, uh, I think the narrative could have been different. You're right. It could have been a Coco or something. Yeah. Um, my other one is, like, a soft one, but I, I do think it is really strong work. Um, it is Causeway by Otessa Ma- Otessa Elizabeth Sanders and Luke Goble. I'm not a Otessa Mashpe girly, even though I'm like, follow like 40 booktubers in real life. <laughs> um, I've never read one. It's not like I don't like her. I just, I've never, I've just never read any of it. Um, but I really liked Causeway, is so subtle and restrained and such a like meaty character study, the kind that I really enjoy. Um, and it very clearly allows two actors to really dig into it, um, uh, so much so that one of them got a nomination. Um, I do think it's missing like one scene in the last act to sort of justify the ending, but like maybe it got cut in in editing. So, you know, what? I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Causeway is a very, very good adult drama that like we just don't really get anymore. And I, I don't know, I think that has to be, in my mind, I'd like to shout that out. Mm. Um, okay, adapted screenplay. Um, nominees are Edward Berger, Leslie Patterson and Ian Stokel for All Quiet on the Western Front. Ryan Johnson for Glass Onion and Eyes Out Mystery. Um, Kazuo Ishiguro for Living. Aaron Kruger and Eric Warren Singer for, uh, oh, and Christa- Christopher McCord. Um, uh, they did, like, the actual screenplay and then the stories by Peter Craig and Justin Marks um, for Talk on Maverick. Um, and then the final one is Sarah Polley for um, Women Talking uh what let's see how about why don't you talk about beloved top gun maverick why not let's start with the big one
1: i do love top gun maverick i will say i did sort of chuckle when this
0: guy yeah. got the screenplay nomination because i was like
1: <laughs> i was like girl okay like it's like i
0: right. this because movie. <laughs> <laughs> the lack of restraint in the last act like spoilers for top gun maverick i mean who hasn't seen it at this point like I, I kind of think they should have pulled a No Time to Die and, like, killed him off. I think that would have been really audacious, but, like... I
1: thought that was coming, to be honest. I really wasn't. They, the theater, like, they were playing it
0: them. up like it was. And the last act is so absurd, but it, it's so good. It's they, they do it so well that you're just like, whatever. Who cares? Let him live. Uh, you know what? It's so <laughs> outrageous. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's kind of a weird... It's a weird one.
1: It's the sort of thing where I'm like... I don't hate it. It's not a... Like... It's not a bad screenplay. It's doing what it's doing very well. Mm-hmm. But, like, I am kind of like... Did they just, like, see the first five movies on the list and they were like, hmm these five? <laughs> like, it's like... <laughs> like totally. I'm, just, I'm very confused as to how it got on there. But, you know, whatever. It, like, I love that silly movie so much where I'm like, okay, fine. Like, yeah. you know what? Good for them for writing... That insane bar where Jennifer Connelly has all those weird rules about like, <laughs> I was just like, this sounds like the worst bar ever. That was great screenwriting. So it, I like that. Good for them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like whatever. We're not, we're not, we're not going to shit on, on no uh, Maverick. You're, you're not going to fight. You're at the wrong podcast for that. Um, uh you know, another one that it's like, oh well, they like uh, such an obvious. People were just like, I don't know, I like this thrown on there is is uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, which I think actually the writing of the screenplay is actually what makes the film inessential to see ever um, when you could have the first one, which rightfully won Best Picture. Um, you know, uh, I haven't read the book from, but I've looked at, I've I sort of like did a synopsis thing, right? Because I was like, I wonder how different this is because they're quite different. Um, but, you know, I feel like taking out the framing device of like, Spoiler alert, soldiers getting to go home briefly at some point and see the the difference in between between the way that like civilians who are being fed propaganda um, uh, react to war versus like, I mean, I know, I know this is very comical to people talking about this directly after Top of Maverick, but like, whatever, I, people contain multitudes, including, uh, you know contradictions but
1: like we're not denying that Top
0: Gun is propaganda so, just, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying one of them is is there, one of them is talking about it one of them is not um, yeah. but like anyway so not having this scene of like this framing device of like you can never really come home or like the way that um propaganda and like uh, dangerous sort of like uh, belief in country can be misconstrued or like Twisted and like uh, the way it reads to actual soldiers, not having that in there sort of defeats the purpose of all the quiet on the Western Front. They do have all that train stuff where you're seeing these like that the higher the people in power have just thought of their these citizens as like cogs in a wheel. But like I, frankly, all of that n- none of that ever felt very interesting to me in the way that like anything in the original film does when it sort of talks about like the schoolboy. Um, like uh excitement for war versus like what happens after actually experiencing war and then coming back you know what i mean
1: yeah it's it's funny uh i don't know how to pronounce his last name i think it's Louis peltzman who's a peltzman who's a former
0: buzzfeed Mm -hmm. writer
1: and um he's i follow him on letterbox and he talks in a negative view of of like saying how like this is just like a very expensive, very prestigious slasher film, and it, like, feels Ooh. like it's purely a slasher film in its construction, and, like, uh, I couldn't get it out of my head watching the movie because, it, like, especially those opening scenes, it just, it, it like... I think it is the sort of thing where, um, in the way that I say Top Gun Maverick, comparing these movies feels psychotic, but whatever, like, but um, in the same way that I, <laughs> no, I say, like, Top Gun Maverick is doing what it's doing, which is like kind of funny to honor with a nomination, but is doing it well. This is the opposite where it like all quiet last in front is a sort of thing where it is going for prestige and like it should have this sort of layer scoop it. And I just feel like it takes a very basic approach to it. And um yeah.
0: it's it feels very shallow.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, with both nominations, like I think they're both like they're very unimaginable. Like I'm just like, I like, I will say, I think there are very few adapted screenplays that like really warrant a nomination this year. But, yeah. like, it's just so it's a very very few you know options. But I was just like, they could have got something better than these. It's it feels really. So many of the all quiet uh, nominations feel like filler nomination. It's really wild mm-hmm. that like it had such a big showing.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, people are probably sick of it by this point of us being like, what is this doing here?
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, uh, Let's see. Glass Onion, uh, A Knives Out Mystery. Why don't don't you tell people about it and your thoughts? And this is the only time we've sanctioned uh, had a reason to talk about it, but we've brought it up many times. Otherwise,
1: (laughs) I mean, we love this movie. And um, I, you know. I liked Knives Out. I think it's fun. I think, um, and I've been a fan of Ryan Johnson for years. Like Brick was a very instrumental film in me becoming interested in film as a whole because I, I, I was like in eighth grade when I saw it. And I was just like, I felt very cool to know about this movie Brick. But like with the Film Festival and, um, I've always liked Ryan Johnson's screenwriting habit of, like, taking a genre and sort of deconstructing it. And this feels like the sort of perfect uh, use of his powers, essentially. Uh, Especially knowing um, his inspirations, namely The Last of Sheila, which is an incredible movie everybody should watch. Like, this just feels like such a great deconstruction of the whodunit, but also... um, just a great entry. Like he's having so much fun, he subvert like subverts the expectations of the audience multiple times. He's doing the sort of broad uh, satire comedy about you know Silicon Valley types, which like I can understand maybe rubbing people the wrong way, but like it's really funny throughout. Even if it is broad, so I have trouble caring, even if um, like it feels simplistic. And I just think that midpoint twist is so. So good, where I'm like, you know what? Give me more. I like when they announced they were doing two more of these. I was like, I don't, like I'd rather Ryan Dressel do anything else. And then I saw this one, and I was like, I still maybe wish he was doing other things, but like these are going to be fun. And I don't like who cares at this point. He's young. He has many years ahead of him in terms of filmmaking. We could have a few more of these little knives out movies before before he moves on to other things. So i i think this is a great nomination i would love to see it win i think it has a decent shot to be honest because just like it is such a fun populist pick and um there just isn't like that many strong contenders in this field so i i would love to see him get this oscar
0: yeah um yeah you know uh you're right i think it does have like a really good shot and i think i I probably I liked Knives Out initially, but it really soured in my mind as time went on because the sort of like um, you know I don't know this is reductive, but the sort of girl powery message of it, like you know this is who's going to inherit America, um, message of it felt cornier to me the longer it went on, and also like maybe empty just because of the world. That's not his fault, Um, but. Uh, this one I just fucking really liked. I do think it has a weakness in the that I think the last uh, like couple scenes are, can read a little corny in in some moments um, because he's doing the like you know big messaging stuff. But otherwise, it's such a delight. It's so light and fun and um, intriguing and like you know it's just it's a what a what a way to what a fun way to pass a two hours or whatever. Um, and all of the roles are written so perfectly like that you wouldn't get a performance as good as you get from everyone uh without the like material at least being somewhere on the page um yeah i hope it wins because again like as we've it's probably clear to most people at this point uh it's wild to me that this didn't get more nominations it's such a like solid little film um Another one that I'm, I'm I'm pretty pleased to see, although I confess I do not, I have not seen um, the original work, um, is Living. I haven't seen Akiru, um, but I liked this a lot. Um, I do think the structure of the third act is weak again. Um, because, well, I mean, I don't know how much of a spoiler this is, but like, he's diagnosed with a terminal illness uh, very early on, um, Bill Nye's character. Um, and like, he kicks the bucket before the third act starts. And then it's like, they have to find a way to like, talk about him still and like, let him be on screen by like having his coworkers talk about him. And that just felt very fussy to me and like, deeply unnecessary. Like, I don't know, I think you could have done that and still just gone chronological. I really didn't get that. So I don't know if that's a fault of the original work or like a bad screenwriting choice, but like. If you're adapting it anyway and it's in the original work, I would have changed it. I don't know. And maybe it works in the original film. I'm sure it does. People love that movie. But um, yeah, I don't know. It just, uh, this is fine. But yeah, I think it's, like you said, a testament to how weak this year was for adapted screenplays. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Living,
1: I thought was fine. But it really, like the last third really relies on us caring about a particular character, like (laughs) one of his co-workers in particular. Who mm-hmm. I'm like, were well, we supposed to care about him more than we did? Like, it was just like, right. it was the sort of thing where it's like, oh, like, this is relying a lot on this figure being a point of view. And I'm just like, all right, sure. But yeah, it's the sort of thing where in a... If there was a more stacked lineup of snubs, I'd be like, this is stupid. But in this year, I'm like, like... It's like second or third best, to be honest. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, all right, fine. Like, okay. <laughs> you should yeah, yeah. legendary author. So happy you got a nomination.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, okay. And the last one is uh, Sarah Pulley for Women Talking. Um, you know, uh, I-, I give you as a woman permission to talk about it first. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: Um, <laughs> very happy. Um, uh, I think Woman Talking suffers a bit from this feels like a play syndrome at points. Uh, mm. It's perhaps unavoidable in, what its structure is. Um, but, like, at the same time, it is a good, compelling film and, like, makes some really smart writing decisions. It has a, a great final scene and a really... Well, like, since the whole movie is structured as this sort of debate um, between the characters, it could be so easy to uh, make it feel like these are just a bunch of people symbol. I mean, in a way, they are people symbolizing ideas and everything like that. But, like, and I think this is also partially because of the actors, but it is the writing, too. Um, It is able to uh, make the people feel fully formed. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it doesn't feel like you're watching a debate as much as it does feel like you're watching a character drama. So I think it's a good nomination. It is like I was saying uh, living a second. I think this is a pretty solid second screenplay of the like in the lineup. Uh, if it won, I would I think it would be a good win. I think it's a shame uh this movie, even though it got a Fiction nomination, really didn't show up more throughout the field and um you know I would be fine with it getting it but especially in this year
0: yeah I I I am um, I like it a lot yeah it, it you're right it does feel like sort of performative and that's kind of the point because realistically everybody is representing a um idea essentially um but it is very well done because like it, it feels stagey but never like never I think some of the films that we've talked about in this episode have, have have a tendency or have moments where the messaging is coming through too strongly, and it's just like, well, no, nobody talks like this. like this still feels real enough in its dialogue that I never felt like it felt false, um which is just a very delicate um, line to walk, and I think it does it very well. It would be a very cool win I think of of the group um. It's maybe the one I think is the least like the closest to being perfect, because um, the other ones I think all have like a major flaw, let's say, um, or are, are like completely dismissible. But this one I think is really close in its writing, like the story structure. I think of all of these works best in this one. Um, uh, one of, I only have one alternate for this, and it's a film I've already mentioned, actually. Um, David Marshall Grant and Dan Savage for a spoiler alert, uh, which is, uh, the, a real account of someone's life, and, uh, you know, a reviewer, wh- wh- the, one of the reviewers who started TV line, um, his, uh, of his, um, his partner, uh, getting sick, um, and they're like live together. I-, I just think that film is so good. And like, you know, that's a story that could easily go really maudlin or really melodramatic, but I think the movie threads it perfectly and never messes up. Like, it just feels like a real romantic drama, and like, you know, we don't get a lot of rom coms more anymore. We don't get any. We don't get any serious romantic dramas anymore, really. Like mm. interesting ones, um, that like. I don't know. I just I thought that film was so good, and this was the only other time I had a chance to mention it. Um, and hey, I mean, this the the categories are weak as hell. <laughs> this yeah. year for that, for Adapted. So realistically, it's not like that outside of a, of a shot. Um, how about you? Yeah, I have
1: very few. It was a week. It was very hard to find yeah. nominees. Um, Catherine Calverti is online. I really like the screenplay. I think it's mm. very funny, uh, very charming, really, uh, you know, one of the better comedies I think of the year. I have Boots: <laughs> The Last Wish um, in my five. Uh, you know adapted from I, I, I go by Academy rules um, it is based on pre-existing characters so thus it is adapted and um, you know I I find it quite fun I really enjoyed this new Puss in Goods film and ironically I have um, the movie you mentioned in the original script Fire Island because I was just I was really struggling to find a fifth movie to put
0: I don't know uh, where it goes yeah actually it, yeah. who knows what it could be technically
1: I was like you know what in my mind, clueless has always been an adaptation of Emma. So I'm gonna go by same <laughs> same logic and Fire Island is an adaptation of Planet of Prejudice. And uh, yeah, for the same reasons you said, it's so funny. I think about some of those jokes still. it's been it's been a while um, the the whole beat with them watching the sunset and uh, cat- <laughs> yeah, that's the, the cow. It's it is so I think about it every time I see the sunset. Like it's just it is such a good beat, and um,
0: like it's such a stupid thing to count down. You know, it's just going to take so long.
1: Yeah, it's it's really funny, Um, and that movie I just think is really charming. And like in the same way that uh, Clueless is such a clever way of adapting Emma. Like I think Mm -hmm. this is a really fun way. Of making Pride and Prejudice work in a modern lens, uh, and I'm kind of like at this point, I'm like, we should be doing every single Jane Austen book this way. Like, mm-hmm. come on, where, where is my persuasion set in like a Beverly Hills High School or something like that? Give it to me,
0: please. I would. We, I mean, we should be writing that screenplay. Probably, I know we're um, going to
1: retire um, from podcasting to full time about <laughs> Jane Austen's uh, persuasion as a high school movie.
0: I'll finally have to read all of them. Um, you know, I realized we, we should probably choose winners and, uh, stuff for these, um, for yeah. this category. I don't know. Uh, I, you know, I, well, I guess we talked a little bit about it a little bit, but like, I, I think glass onion maybe has, has a chance. Cause it's the only one not nominated for like literally anything else,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but you know, if it, it's an all quiet sweep, I'm sure that could happen too. I, I'm going to pull for glass onion. Realistically. Any of these could win.
1: Yeah. I'm pulling for glass onion. I think it's uh, you know it is somewhat likely. Wouldn't be surprised if women talking or uh, all quiet gets it. Would we'll be thrilled if women talking gets it. We'll be deeply yeah. upset if all quiet gets it.
0: <laughs> oh, pissed! Uh, yeah, pissed, bro. Um, we also sort of lightly talked about an original screenplay. But what do you think is going to win there? Tara? I kind of. I
1: really think it's going to be an everything overall at once sweep this year. Yeah. Like, and uh, if yeah. not that, I could see it being Banshees as like a way of honoring it. Uh, mm.
0: but like the consolation prize
1: exactly where it's like you're not going to get director a picture but like you'll get screenplay but i don't know i really think everything I've ever all watches it has such passion behind it in a way that because. hasn't happened with the best picture nomination in recent memory so yeah.
0: yeah yeah i agree um okay well that is the uh the screenplay episode um we are still doing these every day (laughs) until (laughs) the day of the awards um probably when this airs we're going to have mostly big big like big ticket items left um i'm at marissa carpico everywhere you can probably find me writing stuff for the site um i'll be reviewing that willem dafoe movie inside at some point um although that i think that actually comes out after the um oscars but look forward to it um and matt where are you
1: I'm on Letterbox at Matt T and Serialized at um, Matthew Taylor, I believe.
0: (laughs) Just find me there. That's it. (laughs) I think it's Matt, not Matthew one. Maybe. Yeah, that
1: makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that might be it. Um, You can tell I follow you. Um, All right, everybody. You're my only (laughs) follower. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm I'm proud to be that one. Yes, there you go. Um, All right. Thanks for listening, everyone.